Welcome to the Mighty Dragon. We step into the magical world of fantastic beasts with this next interview and I couldn't be luckier. Joining me is Maya Bloom, who stars as Caro in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald and The Secrets of Dumbledore. An actress, singer and stand-up comedian, life is super busy for Maya, so I was delighted that she had time to join me on this podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the Mighty Dragon, Maya Bloom. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. I wanted to ask you a few questions about your acting career. You're, com you're a comedian, singer-songwriter and all of that, and we know you from Fantastic Beasts. But Indeed. first of all, I'd like to know how your acting journey started. Um, so that probably my mum knows more. <laughs> I remember that I was kind of a, a active child, crazy, you know, uh, once I hopefully by the end of the year get confirmed as an autistic that would make a lot of sense so I was always kind of slightly different um, I have two older sisters and so by the age of four or five I could read write calculate and my mum was told that I, I'm in this kind of genius um, quota I'm not trying to show off and um, I don't think my mathematics you know my mathematics now is just knowledge of maths is just not as it used to be unfortunately but uh but uh, yeah because of that I guess I was I don't know I always tried to play with them and they always kicked me out of the you know secret uh group uh so I would perform for my friends and I started playing the piano when my mum found out that I could kind of she bought me this little keyboard and I could play anything I like from memory basically so she thought okay yeah. I've got some talent started piano classes quite late I think I was nine and they told my mum that the official state school in Poland um, couldn't take it because I was too old. Story of my life. Uh, yeah, nine years old. Nine year old, yeah. So they told a nine-year-old kid that, uh, or eight, I think, again, you'd have to ask my mum, that I was too old. I was very talented. I think I scored 28 um, in, like, you know, 30 in 30. But I was too old to join the official music school, so I had to do private uh, piano classes. Wow. And so I guess I was always, um, I don't know, a bit of a show person um a bit different um when um, and this is what i what i have to uh, tell my asd sort of um consultant on nhs but um when i was i think about five or six so they thought because i could read write and calculate because of you know sort of always trying to they didn't like me spend time with my two older sisters uh, yeah that's for you sisters you know i do remember i still feel <laughs> upset okay <laughs> about this I've not forgotten so they took me to the psychologist and she said that I was very very smart but socially I was awkward and I need to go like basically I can't skip a year because I need to socialize with other kids and I had this massive tantrum which you would classify classify now as an as a meltdown I think I made the building shake and I called right. her all very very inappropriate names um, yeah um so I don't know uh, and then I guess you know I don't know so when I think it started from the early age however I am not a concert pianist so one of uh this sort of private music school that I attended for a few years we had those shows monthly or whatever and I'll never forget um I think when I was eight maybe so we had those quarterly or whatever you know basically little you know for parents to show how well their offspring is doing right and so I yeah. had this Chopin piece whatever and I made one mistake 
And in front of all those adults and all those kids, I basically, I think, shut the piano, that's it, fuck, and run away. <laughs> so I think I knew that I'm not going to be a concert pianist, but, you know, there was a show element there, okay? Yeah. So, and it was very dramatic. It's like, oh, fuck's sake, and I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely some performer vibes there. Um, yes. And then, uh, you know, and then... Um, it stopped. So when you ask about my act, acting journey, because it kind of had yes. to start again, because I, um, again, doctors and, you know, when I was 13, they said, OK, your voice is very, very, uh, for some reason, your vocal cords. Um, um, that's what I was told then. I had nodules, which is basically what happened to Adele and a lot of performance. But, you know, I think I was 12 or 13. And they said to my mom, she would never be an actor. She would never be a singer. She cannot be a teacher. Both of my parents worked as teachers. Uh, basically, her damage is, you know, equivalent to an opera singer that's just, you know, retiring. And oh uh, so I wasn't allowed. That's why I only, I think last week I tasted Sprite for the first time. I wasn't allowed fizzy drinks. I wasn't allowed to eat ice cream. So I always sneaked in, you know, sort of to the kitchen at night and consumed, sorry, mom, consumed ice cream family ice cream because <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I wasn't allowed and I basically believed them so I studied English I thought maybe I would be a translator I mean I did some drama classes but I always felt like that's not going to happen um, and then oh gosh officially uh, and then at 25 I said I'm, I'm going to sing I found this one doctor who said you know we don't care about this I'm gonna help your vocal cords and I'm gonna let you sing and singing was always my first passion and then somehow work, working in finance I thought okay I'm just going to get back to acting but it was quite late I would say probably 30-ish right uh, so I think I was a performer there were a few castings I remember when I was a kid when I nearly uh, got cast in, in in something huge and I didn't and it was kind of like oh well maybe it's not for me so I kind of pretended that I'm going to have a normal life and have a normal job and I think for a lot of performers you know now we've got obviously the strike for a lot of actors I think every day is like well am I giving up or not so I think I give yeah. up I gave up for a long time um, and then decided to kind of jump back um, right very very chaotic very easy answer to that question but uh, <laughs> But this is so, it's such an interesting journey to, to get Caro in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yes, I love Caro. That's Carol. amazing. <laughs> and what do you like most about her character? Um, it might sound controversial, but I think a lot of actors would agree. It's, it's really cool to play a baddie. Right. Because you can kind of explore maybe certain things. I think we all, you know, they say, um, I think Shakespeare, Shakespeare says, right, human is angel and devil at the same time, right? And right. recently there's been this discussion uh, online that, you know, people could be great friends, but they could uh, be abusers at the same time. We're not black and white, right? So I think if you play uh, someone really evil, you kind of have a chance to explore maybe parts of your personality that you normally despise. You know, you, you don't really want to, 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 to embrace them, right? But yes. there's, there's your chance. And also try to understand them. So that's what acting is about. You try to understand your character, even if they do something that you find absolutely uh, horrendous or just not something that you would do, right? Because yes. you want to understand them. So I think it's it's interesting to play someone so committed. Uh, I make jokes about Carol uh, and about you know her being slightly psychopath in my stand up, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I think it's interesting to play someone very committed, someone who just believes in something to the point of 
then deciding that killing a child is obviously the right thing to do. Um, oh, but uh, but I, I think it's interesting. Again, I think it's 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 uh, it's interesting and in such a wonderful project because at the end of the day, I think it's incredibly it's twenty times more difficult to play an actual Betty. I think that yeah. is just a, you know. But we are so um, lucky to be a part of this universe I mean obviously we're still baddies but at the same time we don't have to I think it's much heavier for an actor um, to, to 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 play someone like a real person so Eddie uh, my colleague as you know he plays I think it's called the bad nurse the TV series and so uh, I remember talking to to Eddie about this that's that's I think in a way it's the same but at the same time it's different I think there's um, yeah. for an actor yeah it's sort think- of a different task the the bad sort of the actors that I have interviewed before have always said to me that the bad guys they don't actually think they're bad or evil they're just going about their normal life how they live yeah it's I mean true, we isn't it? yeah we had this saying on set which, which which was a joke we used to say we're not bad we're just committed <laughs> uh, yeah. and it is a joke but at the same time you know I remember seeing somewhere online a picture of uh, just just going to take this discussion to a very different level very serious level but I remember seeing this picture of apparently uh, concentration uh, camp staff sort of smiling to a picture and having a Sunday dinner right we we'll say you yeah. know yeah, and that 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 did happen. So these people, yeah. you know, my grandma was in a in a work concentration camp. So, oh. it, you know, you know, I think, and that is part of why job of an actor is so fascinating that you kind of have to understand certain things, and certain certain people deal with certain things in one way or another, right? And they, yes, right? so they could be yeah. incredibly horrendous things, and people just do them, and then. Are yeah. still a good dad to their child, for example. So um, yes, but, um, I was going to touch on with Fantastic Beasts. It's very much out there in the fantasy genre. How do you prepare for a character in that genre? Uh, so research, research, research. Any character, I would say. Yes. Um, so I watched, I think, all Harry Potter movies, sort of back to front. Yes. Read a lot about other caros. Um, and then you think about your character in that situation. So who she is, why why they do what they do. Uh, and this is what you do as an actor for any character, I think. You know, uh, what is their motivation? What they feel about other people in the same situation, right? Because there are other people involved. Yes. So um, you might do something because you want to impress someone or because you love them or because you hate them. One acting coach, um, Tom O'Brien, I think, um, says, you know, uh, when you work on a character, it's always 60% of the other person. It's not you. So you kind of think about what they would do because at the end of the day, it's a dialogue, right? Yes. So there's always, there's yeah. always the other person. I think it's incredibly fun to work in the genre because possibly you don't have that heaviness of real life, which is why we probably all love that. Yes, absolutely. So uh, uh, if if that answers your question. Well, that kind of answers the next one as well. There's a huge interest in the fantasy genre series at the moment. They're they're all the top of Netflix and everything. Why do you Mm -hmm. think that is? Is that post-pandemic? I think, well, we've post-pandemic, you know, political situation here in the UK, cost of living crisis. We've got a war. Uh, yes. between two major countries in Europe, which we, uh, you know, didn't have for for a long time, we didn't think that would be possible, and so escapism 
I guess, yeah. uh, like any form of entertainment. And then again, if you can get transported to the world where black is black and white is white, yeah, which is not the case as we have just said uh, here, right? You here you have a uh, lots of shades of grey. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, so potentially, um, it's also very beautiful and comforting. Certain parts of you know. Um, fantasy world uh, I guess and, and it's also comforting like I said because it's beautiful yeah um, absolutely uh, I was just going to ask about were there any funny moments behind the scenes of uh, fantastic beasts <laughs> loads and loads and loads so anytime we had cut we would just play pranks on each other or have fun so we were very serious <laughs> while we were filming and evil and killing and we hated each other so you know I want to try to kill uh, nude the moment we had cut, it was basically joke time. Um, so loads. So uh, two top jokers, I would say Dan. So the the uh, oh Dan is such such a lovely lovely person and such an incredibly talented actor. Dan, joker number one, and um, <laughs> German Minister of Magic uh, Oliver Oliver. Right. And they are just unstoppable. So a lot of lot of pranks, lots of uh, I mean, yeah, I mean we're very very lucky in this franchise that everybody's so incredibly lovely, and we you know this is obviously this was obviously second movie for me, uh, for some third. So you know uh, one another, you get to know if if it's a very long project, you get to know um, uh, one another, and and uh, so uh, a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, any particular, I don't know if you want any particular funny moments. Yes, please. Uh, um, <laughs> there was, a, it wasn't funny. Uh, so, I mean, it is funny for me in a way, but uh, so I, uh, again, I, I, I mentioned my my blood donation today. Please give blood if you can, because so they think it's something to do with blood pressure. And you start working on set really early, 4am. Sometimes I, I'm a night owl, so I, you know, maybe I had two, three hours of sleep. And at yeah. some point... I well it looked like I fainted but I didn't so I was still with you you know with everyone but I just you know just oh my gosh and Mads our uh, wonderful boss just run across the set to check that I was okay and and I think we said that obviously if that had happened to Eddie he would have just not budged but um (laughs) because you know it's just for one of the team and, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, so, bless. Um, so, but nothing happened. But Matsya yeah, did check that I was, you know, one of the team was okay. So. Um, oh my gosh, that's quite quite funny and yeah. scary at the same no, time. I mean, it, nothing <laughs> nothing happened. It's again, it's it's nothing serious. It's just you know when I'm tired, so it's something to do. Yeah. So it wasn't anything serious. But I remember we laughed that you know. Yeah. If if this had happened to to anyone on the other team, then Matt wouldn't have budged. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which i'm sure she he would because he's a he's a he's an incredible uh you know wonderful lovely human being so oh and uh, you're an actor singer songwriter stand-up comedian do you find that you're um you have phases when you're more pulled to do one than the other uh correct 100 correct so i would say my first love uh, was and it's always going to be music and i love right. music and i miss singing a lot and i love performing with my jazz trio or just singing in general i love that and then 
you can have an amazing acting project and obviously you focus on acting yes and then as you know I have kind of just um restarted doing stand-up so I did it once in 2018 when traveling and then last year I said okay everybody kept saying you have to you have to do it again so end of last year I officially kind of started doing this and I and I and I love it yeah Um, (laughs) I think comedy is very important um and making people laugh so if I can do any comedy work I I would just yes please so you kind of switch uh depending on what you do ideally I would love to do all three at once so if there's any new kind of Ted Lasso project with some singing (gasps) I just kind of just be involved I'm just saying you know just uh, also you know I speak five languages so I can do all of these in five languages please please. and I can horse ride not at the same time as I play the piano but uh (laughs) <laughs> I'll think about it. I'm sure if we could just put a piano on a horse, a very big horse, oh I will, you know, um, yes. not in canter, but, uh, you know, I, I, I will learn. <laughs> um, 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 so I think, yes, you kind of juggle between what what happens, what project you're involved, at, uh, involved in, um, excuse me, uh, in a particular moment. And then, um, yes, um, I have to be honest now, I mean, uh, singing and music, it's always going to be my first love. But now, especially, I, I really want to do more comedy work. I, I love that. I, I find it very, I don't know, I, I think it's amazing if you can make people laugh. I think it's it's incredibly needed. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think I'm too old to, you know, learn to be a doctor or a nurse. So if I can um, help because someone can laugh and laughter is a medicine so yeah um, think, absolutely uh, yeah. you appeared in Edinburgh how did that go oh my god so <laughs> <laughs> uh well Edinburgh is fun it's incredible it is also incredibly stressful for you know remember someone on a ASD spectrum it's it's I mean I have a joke I don't know if I should uh, say the joke because it includes some vulgar words but that's uh, okay um we, but we're I, not know, um we, okay. I don't mind vulgar words. That's okay. fine. Um, <laughs> and so I, I have this joke that you know, I mean, one of them is really black humor, and the other is I'm gonna. It's, it's actually a joke includes both very black humor and um, and some vulgar words. So I, I say that you know, if if I were to kill more children, and and uh, as as a very you know infamous child killer recently on the news, um, I suspect the kind of hell I would be sentenced to for being a multiple child killer would be Edinburgh Fringe. Because Edinburgh Fringe for an <laughs> autistic person is a bit like having your brain raped by a drunk rhino in a sex dungeon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it is, I mean, again, I, I, please don't think that I'm judging it. So I'm very happy for people who have fun uh, coming to festival and thank God they do because we need audience members, right? But the overcrowding and the noise, and you have about 30, probably 300 shows per day. So it's it's incredibly overwhelming. Yeah. I remember speaking to people who are not um, neurodivergent uh, and sort of after two, three weeks, anyone is sort of like feels just exhausted by it. I mean, it's fun and you love it, but at the same time, you just want to go home. Um, but it is incredible. It is also yeah. fun. You can discover... Uh, artists obviously for me this year focus was on comedy uh, especially because I kind of you know I just really want to do more of it so you yeah. have incredible comedians incredible performers dancers singers from all around the world 
performing from 10 a.m. till 2 a.m., uh, quite literally. I think the one show I went to, which was one of the best shows actually ever, um, finished about 2 a.m. Yeah. In tiny pubs, in tiny spaces, incredibly claustrophobic. Uh, um, but it, it is incredible. So uh, it is stressful. But at yes. the same time, it's it, it's amazing. It's it's uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a one-off kind of event um, and uh, and wonderful experience. Um, I hope to be back with sort of more stand-up comedy work. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, it's in a year, but ideally, yeah. I would love to uh, do a stand-up show there. Um, Great, uh, but you know, and also maybe be in a play again. No, it's 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 such a yeah such a crazy yes. crazy place uh just be well, ready for very cold weather it's 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 sorry scotland but <laughs> oh uh, yes and uh, um, uh, i'm so glad to speak to you about this next question that i i double checked with you before um yes. we did this should a comedian or do you feel any pressure to alter your material as a comedian so that you do not offend anyone so I would kind of maybe alter that question because I, I think you may offend people and that's not if you I mean, depends what you mean by offend, actually. So my mum used to say that a joke is when two people laugh, meaning if you make a joke, right. and the other person, you know, so you do not laugh at someone, but you laugh with them. Right? Yes. And I agree, you should never sort of un- offend people on purpose. Uh, or make comments that are racist or xenophobic or yeah. homophobic. And I think yeah. if someone does that with a purpose of doing these things, then they are racist, homophobic, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. That is, yes. I don't think that's the purpose of comedy. What I meant when I earlier said that, you know, you may offend, and I now I actually I, I want to change it, not offend. If you make a joke because maybe you want to uh, point out something that is wrong and you want this to change which is kind of satire and satire is incredibly mm. important in our society yeah uh maybe some people will be offended but i don't think you are you, you set out to offend people because yes. if you think what is offend if offenders make someone feel bad for no reason whatsoever that yes. you should never do this as a human being okay that yes. is just evil that is yes that is that is um yeah that is just nasty now, if you want to change something and you make a joke so that people think about something yeah. and ask themselves questions and think, okay, actually, that is, and for me, that's the best kind of comedy sometimes where it's ridiculously funny, but it also makes you um, stop and think and question certain things and think, is this okay? You know, is yes. this, uh, and, 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 and potentially some people might be offended, but I don't think a comedian who makes a joke like this, uh, their main purpose is to offend other people right uh, so so in that sense i i would say um i'll give you an example i have this joke uh and i literally just asked a trans friend to help me because i had this joke when i wanted kind of to poke fun at sexism in eastern europe where i was born right uh and so um i don't know if i should say the joke is part of my stand-up so you're not gonna you have to still come to see my stand-up so <laughs> oh I, so I, I, I have names for my for my boobs um so this is francine and this is nicola and i always say nicola uh nicola was born in russia and uh and i used to say she used to be a woman and now she's a you know she used to be a man called nikolai in russia and now she came to london to explore her feminine side and the joke was obviously uh, you know there are, you know, macho kind of sexist maybe men, and just being a macho, I I don't think it's a it's a 
being sexist basically is not is not nice in, in right. any way, shape, or form. So that was yeah. a joke. And then I asked my trans friend and I thought, okay, maybe I just, you know, I don't want to actually make trans people uh I, I don't want to make you know, I would never want to be transphobic, right? So then I actually had right. a chat with my trans friend and she said, Okay, maybe say uh, you know, uh, she was trapped in a male body and she came to London to explore her feminine side. And that is a trans person telling me. And, and I was right. just like, I hope it's useful. And I said, it's incredibly useful because my joke is meant to kind of make fun of certain sexist attitudes in Eastern Europe. Right. And I would never want to, you know, yes. And the group of people that is actually now under attack, you know, yes. people that has to, has to actually just defend the rights to, to their own, to, their existence right now so yeah so so in that sense I think you alter it so that it's the same way so I have some jokes about Eastern European community because I am part of that community and I think I have a right right. and I also have jokes about British people because I'm also British right I can be I just wish British people and Polish people could kind of um, meet up for a lovely lunch with you know dinner with some vodka and just agree that I could be both (laughs) Because they they both seem to be upset that I'm one or the other. They like oh. they want me either this or this, and I'm like guys, right. I'm both. Yeah. Um. So uh, so again, maybe if I make a joke, I sometimes joke that yeah, you know, maybe someone would be offended. But again, if you set out to offend people, then I don't think you're a comedian. That is just nasty. If right. you you know, however you may say things that other people might find offensive, I think. And sometimes that, mm. that can happen. Yes. It's a very yes. subtle difference, but I think there is a difference. Yeah. So I would never want to write a joke just to offend a certain group of people. I think that is just wrong. That is not yeah. the purpose of comedy. Right. Yeah, but that's we such have, a great answer. You know, yeah. But we have, yeah. but just, just to finish, we have all different kind, you know, sense of humour. So yeah. there are things that I like black humor, for example, mm-hmm. and 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 for me that's funny. Would someone be offended that I make death or suicide jokes? You know, I mean, uh, it, it's it, it is subjective, isn't it? It is subjective, completely is. Yeah, but I don't think I set out to offend people. So for that reason, I will say, but I would never to to you know, I would never, I would alter jokes if they if someone told me that they might offend someone, and I would see how, and then. Again, this is a very long answer for a beginning comedian. So you should ask yeah, some really big, famous comedians. I, no, I, but I don't think comedians yeah. should offend people. I don't think that's that that's the job of a comedian to offend people. That is just you know uh, satire. You can maybe offend people in power. That's what a joker would do, right? So you, right. the job of a joker or a jester, sorry, of a jester was to question what a king did, so that the king would do their job better. Right. Maybe the king was offended and would cut the head off just sometimes. <laughs> they probably would here. <laughs> they probably, I mean, well, they still do. I mean, in Russia, you go yeah. to prison if you, so So I think we do need satire, but I don't think we say, I hope that makes sense. It does. It's such a great answer. Thank you. So what piece of advice would you give to someone following in your footsteps? Oh, my God. Uh, start early. Do not believe people who tell you um, that you can't do something that you really love. I, I wish I had started earlier. So I'm sort of catching up story of my life. Even at nine, I was told to, to play the piano. I mean, I believe that it's one. actually true. Yeah, I, I'll never forget. I had this guy saying to my mom, she's she's great, 28, 30, but she's too old. She's nine. Our kids are seven. That's crazy. She's a nine-year-old, yeah, child. So story of my life is to start early. 
and just keep doing it. I mean, if you want to take a break, take a break. But um, honestly, that's the best piece of advice. Just And it's incredibly difficult. So have another passion. Uh, have something that makes you feel happy. And it's not just acting, singing or comedy. Because these, you know, can be very temperamental. These beasts, you know, it's yeah. a very difficult business. So have something that makes you happy. So for me, it's Switzerland and, and hiking. <laughs> that and sounds I, good I, yeah and, and I could just happily be another Heidi you know have my three cows and <laughs> um, yeah I love that um but have yeah another passion um uh what else ask for feedback so learn 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 I am now learning comedy so I will probably watch the interview in six months time and be like oh my god what did you say <laughs> Uh, but ask for feedback. Uh, try to build some kind of support system because it is a very difficult job. Yeah. Um, now with the strike on, you know, people say, oh, why are actors on strike? And so many people who are not in the business have no idea how this works. And so, for example, I think in, in Friends, people think about five main stars who are paid over a million per episode. There are over 1,000 actors in Friends, right? And they yeah. have to pay their bills and yeah. pay their health insurance and... So uh, have a support system because it's 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 not an easy job, and there are a lot of things that you cannot change. And write uh, that's actually most important. I'm going to finish on that. So create your content, which is what I'm trying to do. Trying to write more. Um, don't just wait um, for a job, but try to create your job and create. I think that's super important now, and we are lucky that we have more opportunities to to show our work I mean there's TikTok and YouTube yes. and uh, so many channels right in the past it was just you know BBC One and BBC Two uh, yeah. and that was it so right create your content I guess that's probably uh, most important um, yeah uh, now I would say great um, after the strike obviously what what are your plans after that what have you got coming up so hopefully uh a lot of stand-up little gigs if anyone wants me honestly for five minutes I'm, I'm still learning so it's still new uh some of my actor friends say I'm crazy to be doing this because <laughs> it's uh it's uh it's a completely different world and again I'm still learning so I just love any chance to to do something fun and funny at the same time um there are three little projects that should come out very soon that I uh, have already filmed and the beautiful one is about a very strict, horrible piano teacher. Uh, oh. and I, obviously, I play the piano teacher because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, and then I am filming a TV series in Guadeloupe, which is in, uh, in the Caribbean. It's wow. part of France. Yeah, this is where Death in Paradise is filmed. And I just want to say to anyone involved in producing and casting Death in Paradise, please take me. Uh, also, I will be in the region, so free accommodation. So uh, just anything, anything, dead body, you know, the person that gets murdered in the episode. Can I be? So this is actually filmed nearby the um, the locations for Death in Paradise. So I actually wow. swim on uh, on a beach that is actually in one of the episodes. I was like, oh, my God, I swam there. I swam there. I was like, oh my God. I stopped bathing there. Yes. And then I, I saw the trailers of Death in Paradise um, cast. So Listen, I, I, I'm available. Uh, but yeah, this is a different project. It's it's a beautiful French-speaking uh, TV series filmed all in Guadeloupe about the music industry and uh, people who um, um, are my co-stars are authentic, wonderful, and very known musicians from that region. Um, 
and so it's 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 an amazing project and we filmed a pilot last year and now we're going to film seven more episodes and i'm just a tiny 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 part of it but um a uh, very cool cool um character um and uh yeah I speak french in it so it's 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 really fun uh so that's in october and and i'm just hoping by then the weather in london will be absolutely you know horrible so i'll just be like <laughs> We'll be jealous. Little, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> now last week it just doesn't, you know, it didn't have the same kind of, you know, effect yeah. on people like um because it was yeah. hot. I'm, I'm I'm hoping by October the fifteenth the fifteenth or tenth when I think I'm landing on the sixth and I'm there for a week. Um yeah. so that's that's one thing. Uh my script, so that's kind of a comedy project of mine, and hopefully will be finished by then. So that's right. for now. Um and then we'll see, we'll, that's sort of for now. So yes. Thank you so much for this interview. And it was so great to hear about Fantastic Beasts and your character you. and all of that. And hopefully see you again on the Mighty Dragon. I, uh, I can hope, fly to the Caribbean. Yes, I mean, I will. I, I mean, I have, I have to say one friend already asked if I need a PA. So Victoria, you would be number two. Oh, so I'm second. You'd be my, but you know, I need someone to massage my feet and my back. Oh. And they can't do it at the same time. And someone needs to bring the martini. So, oh, yeah, I'd have drunk that before yeah, it even exactly. got to you. So, yeah, well, you know, you can test, you can taste, like, like uh, I think there was a tester for the yeah. king, right? And you would right. test if this is. No, thank you. And thank you to all the fans of the franchise. Honestly, you have no idea how um, humbling it is. I always keep saying it's such a pleasure to be part of that project. And we have, I always say, we have the best fans in the world. Um, you guys are the best, honestly. Thank you so much to every single person who loves the franchise and my character, even though I'm a baby killer. Wow. Uh, but, uh, um, so it's it's honestly a pleasure and, yeah. and everybody's wonderful. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much again, Maya. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.